Good morning. Wow, what a great looking bunch. Welcome. Welcome online as you're watching us today. Hey, I'm really excited to announce that uh, because of your generosity, Operation Heart has gone over the $10,000 mark. So we are really excited about that. Um, I know some major appliances are being purchased as well as helping people with housing. And uh, we're hoping to be able to get as much as we can on video. Of course, it really is dependent on those that we're giving to. We want to respect uh, their privacy uh, and uh, not make, it's just hard, as you can imagine, to walk that line of wanting to give, uh, but we're not giving to get a story, but we know there is one. So uh, yeah, we're, we're just, we're going to uh, be taking, uh, taking some of those stories and uh, as they're released and share them with you in the new year. One of the predominant themes of Christmas is this word hope. And from the early chapters of Genesis, God promised a deliverer one who would come and save us from our sin, the Messiah, Christ the Lord. And the Old Testament points to Jesus, right? The entire Old Testament is pointing to the cross event that we call Easter. Of course, he's born in Bethlehem at Christmas, but Easter when he dies, he's buried and he's raised again for our sins. The deliverer uh, fulfills, Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. The birth of Christ brought that hope brought that uh, hope literally to life and becomes our anchor. Say anchor. Yeah, that's an important word as we look at Hebrews 6, 19 this morning. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Father, we just pray this morning that you continue to speak, you continue to bless. Lord, thank you. Even during the worship time, we sensed your presence. Lord, as you were encouraging, Lord, as you were speaking, as you were healing, Lord, just continue your great work now in the preaching of the word we pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. Yeah, so I want to talk about hope this morning and take it from an Advent theme to some practical tools that you can put in your tool belt as you're a Christ follower as we face difficulties in our life, hope is such an important part of that. And we read in this scripture that hope is an anchor. Now, there's only one context for an anchor. I want you to see, you know, really understand this. Just kind of skip, oh yeah, it's an anchor. Well, if you're reading this, uh, you know, the only context for an anchor is for a vessel out in the ocean or out in a, a large body of water. An anchor is the device used to secure a vessel to prevent the craft from drifting due to wind or current. Our hope in Christ keeps us from drifting. Over the years of ministry, unfortunately, I've seen people that have drifted way off course. Some have found their way back, but others have not. And often, this lack of hope is at the core of, they've separated their tie to the anchor of hope. They've separated because of storm or the wind blowing or just playing the currents of life that, can, that are opposed to us and drag us off course. Proverbs tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Another way that we could say this this morning is that disappointment makes the heart sick. Hope will anchor our heart, but disappointment can literally shipwreck us. 
We all face disappointments, and at this time of year, you might be reminded or aware of areas in your life where you've been disappointed. Maybe you've hoped in the past for a great Christmas and it didn't happen. In fact, it was the worst Christmas you ever had. Or you hoped for a gift. Or here at this time of year, we're hoping for a great new year because anything's got to be better than 2023, depending on your perspective. My job is not what they promised. It was just a big disappointment. We saved up for that trip, but it wasn't anything like the travel agent said. We were so disappointed. My marriage is not what I thought it would be. My family's not what I expected or I hoped for. What I've learned in life is you really need a mechanism to navigate disappointments. And if you don't have one uh, to deal with disappointment, you will sever. You become hopeless because you become overwhelmed by disappointment, and you sever that tie to the anchor of hope in Christ. You end up by, by believing the lies of the enemy and, and severing that anchor, your ties to it. You lose your anchor and you start to drift. I want to show you a principle from the Old Testament this morning. It's really important in this area. King Saul, who was the king before King David, in fact, it was Israel's first king. He was a warrior king. He was taller, uh, head and shoulders above uh, other men. He was just a giant of a man, not like Goliath that we talked about a few weeks ago, but just a, uh, a man's man and the king, um, the king of the nation of Israel. In his final battle, we read about Saul uh, taking on an arrow from a, an enemy archer. And the arrow lands between his armor. It finds that chink in the armor, and he's wounded. And he's not wanting to be tortured by the enemy because he's been this successful king, and, and the Philistines would want to, to torture him and, and make, make uh, sport of him. And so he falls on his own sword and takes his life to end, uh, end his life in that battle. Now, David writes about this in a commentary shortly after Saul's death, kind of in his obit as David's writing, and we can read about it uh, at the end of 1 Samuel into 2 Samuel. And he says this in 2 Samuel, Mountains of Gilboa, let no dew or rain fall on you. I may none of your fields be filled with plenty. And he's just mourning the loss of his king. Because in that place, the shield of the valiant one was defiled, the shield of Saul without an anointing oil. He says two things that help us understand what happened to Saul that day in battle. His shield was not anointed and his shield was defiled. Not as a result of the battle, but because it went into the battle in a condition that wasn't ready for battle. In the Old Testament, these shields were made with layers upon layers of animal skins, leather, that would be woven over a frame. And in order to keep the leather from becoming brittle, they would have to be rubbed with oil, and that word rubbed in the Old Testament is anointed. We get our understanding of being anointed with oil or anointed by the Holy Spirit. It needed to be anointed or rubbed with oil that would cause that, that shield to become flexible, and it would allow uh, arrows to hit it without penetration or without causing it to be brittle and break. And so it would be an effective shield in battle. But Saul's shield, for whatever reason, hadn't been prepared for battle. It hadn't been anointed with oil. The other thing about Saul's shield that we're told about that David writes in this commentary is that it was defiled. Literally, 
There was blood on his shield from a previous battle. And what was necessary was that when you went into battle, you first washed your shield You erased the memory of past uh, battles because even when there's victory, sometimes those battles are hard. Even in victory, sometimes those battles leave blood and it could be yours or it could be somebody else's. And you you were required to remove the blood, otherwise it would defile your shield or render your shield useless. And if you think about it this way, it's hard enough to go into a new battle without taking on enemy attack and glancing down at your shield and realizing there's the evidence of yesterday's battle, and now you sense and feel overwhelmed. How am I even going to enter into today's battle when I'm reminded about yesterday's battle? And so the shield today, our shield of faith, needs to be anointed with oil, a fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit on a regular daily occurrence. But we also need to wash the disappointments of previous battles, previous life experiences off of our faith. Otherwise, it will render your disappointment, can render your faith useless because disappointment will cut you off from the anchor. Disappointments will come. There's no question. I want to talk to you today about washing yesterday's disappointments off and being renewed by the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that your faith will remain strong in this word called hope that we're talking about today. Christmas hope, more than a Christmas hope, but something in your tool belt to use. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We actually see in Scripture that hope is a precursor to faith. When we have that sense that I'm trusting God, no matter what's going on around me, I know that God is supreme. I know that he is sovereign. I know that he is all-knowing. I know that he is all-powerful. I know that he is for me and not against me. And there's a clear tie. Uh, Hope in God turns into faith in God. Faith is the substance of the things we hope for. Faith becomes the evidence of what we've been hoping for. But living in unresolved disappointment, instead of being anchored to hope, will cause us to go off course, listen to this now, and literally miss your appointment with your destiny. At Harvest, we say we want everyone to know God. We want you to deal with yesterday. We want you to discover that God has created you with a purpose and then to use that purpose in God to make a difference with your life. That's our mission. That's what we stay true to. This morning, as you, if you live with an unresolved disappointment, instead of being anchored to hope, it'll cause you to go off course and miss your appointment with the destiny that God has for you. Disappointment equals, on our slide, to be separated from your appointment. I've seen this keep so many people from moving forward toward their destiny. So this morning, let's talk about washing off yesterday's disappointments so you can begin to hope again and have a renewed, fresh faith in God that's oiled up in the Holy Spirit. Are you ready today? All right, here we go. Number one, it seems simplistic, But this is so necessary this morning that you put your hope in God. 
You put your hope in God. What I'm really talking about is recalibrating your hope. We put our hope in many things, and that's, that's right. It's good. It's, it's great to hope for the weekend. It's great to hope for this up-and-coming production that people will be coming to. And it's great to hope for our Christmas uh, time with our family. It's great to hope for a new year. There's, hope is something that keeps us alive. We're, we're not just stuck in the mundane, but we're hoping for something in the future, as we're going to talk about in the moment when we hope in the things of God. God. But putting our hope in God primarily is recalibrating that hope so that first and foremost, your hope is seated in God. Let me show you why. The psalmist David said, why am I so discouraged and why is my heart so sad? Whether his wife was telling him he was off, his boss was telling him he was off, or he just came to the realization, man, I'm off. Man, I'm 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 having a tough time. I'm struggling here a little bit. You ever been there? You just realize, whoa, wait a minute, that, that it's not everything that's going on. It's around you, but the ripples in the pond all point to you. <laughs> it's all kind of emanating out from you. And you realize, man, I, I'm off. I, I'm dealing with something here. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? He goes on to say, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. So he had cut himself off from worshiping and praising God. He had, he'd become hopeless. He'd got his eyes on the circumstances. He'd gotten his eyes on the things that weren't going right. He's becoming discouraged. His heart was getting heavy. He, was, he said, I've got to put my hope. I've got to recalibrate my Savior and my God. Now I'm, I'm, I'm deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. So we asked the question this morning, why, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Why am I discouraged and why is my heart sad? I'll tell you why. That job that was supposed to come through that had a 30% increase so that I could start paying down my debt that Pastor Roy told us about last week and I'm eager to do. And I got to the final interview and everybody said the job was in the bag and it was mine. Well, it didn't come through. That's why I'm discouraged and my heart's sad. Why am I so discouraged and my heart's sad? I'll tell you why. That person I called friend, well, they weren't. In fact, they turned out to be an enemy. And that relationship went south really fast. And betrayal is super disappointing. Why am I discouraged and why is my heart so sad? I'll tell you why. I thought the doctors were going to tell me one thing, but they started to tell me something else. And I'm discouraged that it's not going the way it wanted to. I'm disappointed. David realizes that his soul, his emotions, are in a place that they're grieving. And grieving's an important emotion to locate because we grieve loss and we'll never tell you to ignore grief. In fact, we're going to encourage you to grieve loss, the loss of a job, the loss of something you were hoping for, something that didn't come through, something that's causing disappointment in your life. And disappointment is that indicator that grief is there. But like all grief, grief is not something that we stay in. It's not a place we live in. And if you live in perpetual loss, you will become hopeless. You will sever your anchor. The Bible says that hope today is our anchor for our soul. And so David began to realize that he needed to grieve the loss and then move on. Grieve the loss and then move on. 
And he, what he recognizes is that his hope is in God. He's recalibrating. His hope is not going to be in the job. His hope is not going to be in that circumstance that's not working out right. That God is in charge of our lives. He's our provider. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the hills too. And he just declares, I'm going to recalibrate and not put my hope in the circumstances, not put my hope in friendships and in people that are frail and human like I am and they may let me down. I'm going to put my hope in God that's going to allow me to grieve the loss of that friendship, but also to be able to move in forgiveness like I learned last week. I'm going to put my hope in God where I can trust him because when one door closes, I know that he has his hand on the next one and he's about to open it to something new. But if you break hope, if you let disappointment defile your shield of faith, you will never see God's hand on the next door getting ready to open up a new door for you in your life. The doctor said there was an issue in my body. I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear that I would have to be doctored. I was hoping to get a healing at the front on a Sunday when I went up for prayer. But God's doing a healing a different way. And we put our hope in God who knows how to heal us. And we simply decide whose report will we believe. I will believe the report. Of who? I will believe the report of? Of the Lord. I will read. Boy, I better preach on that verse. That's a good verse to have in your tool belt. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of? There we go. As we recalibrate and put God in the center, put Jesus in the center of what we're hoping for, we recalibrate. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. David said, I, I, I reshift, and it's not that we're not hoping for these other things, but that's a secondary level. We primarily keep our eyes on the one that we hope in and hope uh, for as he's in charge of our life. Why? Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be. That's a promise this morning. And so if disappointment is, hasn't been removed from our shield by recalibration and it's building up and you have a heavy shield, in fact, the Bible says that the defilement of that shield caused uh, uh, Saul to place his shield down. It was cast. It was cast away. He gave up and cast his shield down because he saw the evidence of another battle and another day and he was overwhelmed and that arrow found a, a, a chink in his armor. My heart is that the enemy's arrows will not find a chink in your armor in this area of hope. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. If you're experiencing disappointment, I'm just challenging you today to say, where is your hope calibrated? Where is it calibrated today? And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Today, maybe you didn't realize this. We're just starting on this topic, and I'm just speaking on this first point, and you would say, Pastor, I, I guess I didn't realize I might be dealing with some disappointment. I might even be disappointed with God. And what happens when we get disappointed with God is we begin hoping for the thing more than our hope is in God. When we get, when we get uh, our, our hope calibrator off, and the enemy comes in, and we start to get disappointed with God. And there have been many times in my life where I've, I've been like David. Why so down? Why am I so off? 
And I asked that question in prayer, just like David did. Lord, and you learn to do that. Why am I so off? Why is my soul so heavy? What is going on with me? And I can hear many, many times, more, more times than I can count, and I've heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit that loves me and says, you're mad at me, you're disappointed with me. See, we're told that we're not, we're not allowed to do that. Oh, how could you ever be disappointed with God? But the point is, we get disappointed with God because our calibrator gets off and we begin to focus on the thing we desire and want more than the one who can give it. And that's how we get disappointed. And that, that is a severance to our faith and our soul gets messed up. And I, I, those times I say, Lord, oh my goodness. And, and today, I could list the things in my life that I've dealt with where, I, where I've said, and you, you would, you would, you'd be able to go, yeah, me too, me too, me too. And I've gone, oh my goodness, I let disappointment. And I either didn't grieve it properly or didn't go to the next stage and recalibrate it properly. Number two, as I'm saying, maybe you didn't realize disappointment has been weighing you down. Let's get it washed off today. Number two, become a prisoner of hope. What does that mean? I mean, you tie yourself to this thing. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. That's a promise from God. If something has been taken from you, if something's been removed from you, we've been talking about, I'm kind of sliding two, two series. We're, we're, this is uh, coming into this Advent season. I'm talking about hope. Next week, I'm going to talk about peace, the peace of God that just, just takes us beyond understanding. How can you be so peaceful? I want to talk to you about that in the midst of the storm. Peace that passes understanding. As we look at this this morning, to tie ourselves to hope, because the prophet Zechariah is prophesying to a people that are not in a good shape and they're not in a good way. He says, return to the place where you're safe, the fortress, and make yourselves prisoners to the hope of God. And if you will, I'll give you twice as much as what you've lost. You might be shackled to fear this morning, handcuffed to worry, confined by discouragement. You can bind yourself to those things or you can bind yourself to hope this morning. You can tie yourself and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve, we're going to hope in God. See, practically, how do I do that? (laughs) I'm glad you asked that question. Because human hope fluctuates with circumstance. Most of us can be hopeful when things are going good. And we'll notch it up a little bit. Wow, it's going really good. I feel so hopeful. For the first time in a long time, I'm feeling hopeful. And we notch it up a bit, which is kind of an emotional response to things are going good. And then it goes bad, and we get discouraged, and we lose that hope because of a disappointment. And it's fluctuating. What I'm talking about this morning is not human hope, but Holy Spirit, divine, empowered hope that we're going to see in the next point. God wants to give hope. God imparts this hope, but we got to tie ourselves to it. I am anchored. Hope is an anchor for my soul, our first scripture this morning. So being a prisoner of hope is a determination and a mindset that says, and I want to pause here. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm not talking about just ignoring pain, ignoring loss. Because remember, I've already said, first step is grieving the loss. Grief is a very real emotion. 
but moving forward and not getting buried there. When we become a prisoner of hope, we continue to hope when there is no hope. We continue to hope in God when there is nothing in the natural that says this is going to turn around. We're going to continue to hope when the doctors say the diagnosis is what the diagnosis is. We're going to continue to hope when our children are responding in a way that it doesn't look like there's any change. When our adult children or our grandchildren or whatever it is we're believing God for and disappointment is threatening at the door. It looks like it's over. And yet God's saying it's just begun. And we're going to become prisoners of hope. Listen to this scripture that gives this, uh, really unpacks this for Abraham, uh, who was given a promise that he would become the father of many nations. And he had no capacity in his own body to produce children. His wife was barren, and, and, uh, and he wasn't able to produce uh, just natural sperm uh, in, his, in his body to produce life and offspring, to have children. When everything was hopeless, say hopeless. I don't know what situation you might be online today or in the room, hopeless. Everything is hopeless. There isn't a sign of hope anywhere. Abraham believed anyway. Not positive thinking not ignoring the facts, not saying that this doesn't hurt, but saying, I know there's something beyond this because I'm a prisoner of hope because I serve God. I'm a child of the King and I know that God's too good to be cruel. I know God's too good to not be compassionate. I know that something else is going on right now that I can't see in this moment. And Abraham believed anyway deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw that he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made the father of a multitude of people. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. He didn't focus. Where did he focus? He focused and recalibrated his hope on God that had given him a promise. This 100-year-old body could never father a child. True story. True story. But he wasn't putting hope in his body. He wasn't putting hope in his circumstances. He wasn't putting hope there. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise. He came up strong, ready for God. Why? Because he was a prisoner of hope. He was a prisoner of hope. Hope in God today. Decide today to tie yourself to hope. It's an anchor that'll keep you from drifting. Number three, I want to remind you something this morning. If you're here breathing air, your story's not over. And in five minutes from now, if you're not breathing and there is an air and you were to pass from this life to the next, the Bible says that there's an eternal glory that's been revealed to us through Jesus. And we simply step from this life into the life of eternity to be with him forever and forever and forever. And nothing gets better than that. In fact, Paul said, I could stay here and have a great life, or I could go there and be with God and have a greater life. But if you're here today, breathing air, your story 
is not over. You thought that disappointment came and it was over. That's the lie of the enemy. You have to settle for second best. You've got to settle for a chapter that never happened. You were hoping for it, but there was a detour in your life. It went in a different direction. You were hoping for a life story that would look different. You were looking for that fairy tale story and you found a whole bunch of chapters on the monsters. I don't know what it is this morning for you, but I can tell you your story isn't over. Stop believing the lie that I have to deal with second best, that I've got to deal with a second best marriage, deal with a second best job, deal with a second best whatever. No, no, your story isn't over this morning. You can begin to let hope rise up in you. It can become faith and you can begin to take hold of the promises of God for you this morning. Because the same God that sent Jesus into a manger to fulfill the, the, the centuries of promise. It's the same God that's saying your life is still going. Why? Jeremiah says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Look now, plans to give you hope and then the future. Hope first, future second. He's not going to give you the, the future and show you what the future is if there's no hope because you won't have the prophetic eyes to see. See, prophetic eyes that get excited about what God is about to do, that can begin to discern God's hand on the door of the next, of the next passageway, of the next chapter of your life. That's not second best, but first best in God. <sighs> Hope, and then the future. You're not stopped today unless you decide to anchor to disappointment. And you'll get stuck there. And I've seen people stay there and never move in to their preferred future in God. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good. Of those who love God and are called according to what? According to his purpose, called according to destiny. And when you recalibrate your hope, and when you begin to put your hope in God, but when you begin to decide, I'm going to be a prisoner of hope, when you decide my story isn't over, God said there's more. What begins to happen is the junk and the crap that's been, been kind of on your shield. You get that washed off. Not only do you get it washed off, God uses that back battle experience. So you come into the next battle with your shield anointed, your shield uh, washed off of disappointment. You got a new hope. Your shield of faith is strong and you're ready to move forward in God. Why? Because God says, I'm even going to take the stuff that happened and turn it into good. Turn it into the door that you'll walk through into your future in God. Joseph said that as he had gone through so much in his family, he said to his family members, you intended it all to harm me. But I, I knew there was a God that intended something different for me. I put a hope in God. I, I recalibrated. I chose not to look at the disappointments of our family. But I chose to focus on a God who was doing something and actually took the hurt and harm of our family situation. And he brought me into this position as he was ruling Egypt at that time so that I could save the lives of many people. God wants to wash some disappointment away today. God wants to not only wash it, but use, turn your disappointment into something that will propel you into your future. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, 
I just want to give some space and a moment for the Holy Spirit just to work in this room with a message like this. Somebody came hopeless. Somebody online came hopeless today. Oh, you're here, but you're going through the motions. There's something heavy on your heart right now. Why so downcast? Oh, my soul. Why am I so discouraged? Why am I emotionally off? Why has it been so long since I was the old me? This morning, I would just offer that disappointment has found its way to become your anchor. And you may be adrift at sea. You may be just every, every current, every wind, every storm has taken you off course. And this morning, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, today's your day. Just make a decision right now and anchor back to hope. Anchor back to the one who loves you. Anchor back to the one who's not the cause of your disappointment. In fact, if you know deep inside that you've blamed God, you can simply just repent of that right now. So, Lord, I'm sorry that I would have accused you of something like this, accused you of not caring, accused you of not wanting to bless me, accused you of not wanting what I was hoping for. Lord, right now, all across this room, thank you that you're doing a deep work For some, it's a beginning. For some, something instantaneously is going to happen right now in this room. Put your hope in God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Turning hopelessness into a hope that will anchor you in these days. Christmas hope today in your tool belt. That's my heart for you. Recalibrate. Make yourself a prisoner to hope. Today, I know the circumstances maybe won't change today or tomorrow, but they are changing because God's in charge of the circumstances. Make yourself a prisoner to hope. Make that decision right now. Even when it's hopeless, I'm not giving up. Why? Because right now I'm believing all across this room, God is giving hope giving hope right now, giving hope. Lord, I just pray by an act of your beautiful supernatural power all across this room and online, Lord, people are receiving the hope that surpasses, the hope that takes us to a new place, hope in you, hope in your love. Nothing can separate us from the love and hope of God right now. Just a moment or two more. I just believe the Holy Spirit is speaking, working. I just don't want to rush it. But thank you to be faithful to your word today. Just before we kind of shift, we're going to stand in just a moment, not quite yet. In a moment, we're going to sing, and then my wife's going to come and dismiss us. We're going to have an amazing week with the production this week. We're excited. Just pray for that this week. Many, many will find Jesus. But in this moment, I want to ask if there's someone in the room today. The Bible said that doesn't know Jesus. The Bible says that God reveals who Jesus is. And then we put our trust in what has been revealed only by God. And it becomes our hope of glory. Or in other words, the ultimate hope of an eternity spent with Jesus. Not an eternity separated. The Bible says that hell is a real place. 
where people who, who leave this life who have never, ever been attached to eternity go into a Christless eternity separated from God. But that's not God's desire or God's will. The Bible says it's God's will that none perish, that none have that as their eternal plight. But instead, Jesus came and died on the cross. And when it's revealed, that was for me. And we receive that, eternity enters our hearts. Jesus himself enters our life, forgives us, and we begin our new life with him. It's called being born again. If you've not experienced that, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, I'd like to invite you because today I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking and revealing. It was for you. It was for you. It's not just for everybody else. not just for grandma. It's not just for your parents. It's for you today. Why not make today the day of salvation for you? If that's you this morning online, you can just text in right now and say, I'm making a decision to receive Jesus. Here in the room, I'm going to count down from three. I'm simply going to go three, two, and one. And at one, if that's you, you want to receive Jesus today, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. Every head still bowed and eyes are closed. Just a moment of contemplation. But you would raise your hand. And we want to pray with you today to receive Jesus. If that's you, three, two, this is your day. A day to be born again and one. Is there anyone in the room? Just raise your hand right now. I'm just looking around. Thank you. I see your hand back there. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else today? I just want to just, yeah, come on. Anybody else? Let's just put our hands together and congratulate those that are raising hands today and online today. I would invite you, and let's all uh, pray this prayer together. If you raised your hand, pray this prayer with us today. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I invite you into my heart. Forgive my sin. I repent today of going my way. Today I go with you, our way. I receive eternal life. I begin my new life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we believe if you prayed that prayer from your heart, you're born again. Let's stand today. If you prayed that prayer, find someone in a black shirt today. We have a Bible we would love to give you. Let's sing this before we go today, and then we're going to dismiss. There's another in the fire Standing next to me There is another in the waters Holding back the seas Should I ever need reminding The power set me free There is a grave that holds nobody And now the power lives in me And I can see the light in the darkness As the darkness bows to Him I can hear the roar in the heavens As the space between west thin I can feel the ground shake beneath us As the prison walls cave in Nothing stands between us Nothing stands between being another in the fire Standing next to me There is another in the water Holding back the seas And should I ever need reminding How good you've been to me I count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be 
count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be Father, we just thank you this morning, God, that we can come into your presence, Father. And, and Father, you give words for times in our, our lives, God. And, and Father, that in this season where we are recovering all, Father, that you will speak to us of, of what's been robbed, God, and what's been taken. Father, we will recover all that is owed, Father. All that you give us, Father. Father, I just pray for everyone this morning as they leave this auditorium, God, that you will bless their family units, God. Father, you will just keep them healthy, Father, for our production this week. Father, just that even if there's one that comes to know you, it was all worth it. Father, we just bless everyone today. And God, as we go our ways, bring us back next week safely. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our ministry team is here at the front. They want to pray with you today if you would like prayer today. Go anchor to hope. Have a great week.